Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are continuing our study of the Prophet Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu, and we are doing chapter 13a. There's a lot in chapter 13. Today will be a relatively short podcast, but we'll cover one specific episode and lesson. We'll do from verses 1 through 11 today. For those that have been studying together with me, we completed in chapter 12 with the promise that God gave that through his prophet (coughs) that the nations that tortured and made Israel suffer will be brought to justice one day. They will have the opportunity to join the Jewish people by learning about God, by humbling themselves before God, and by accepting upon themselves to live a moral and just life. And if they don't, they will ultimately be erased and destroyed. We also learned of the um, plot against Yirmiyahu, the plot against Jeremiah to kill him, and that was uh, two chapters ago, which prompted a very powerful discussion between Yirmiyahu and God about the topic of justice. Now, we begin an unusual episode And I've seen many explanations of this episode among the commentaries, (coughs) but I wasn't satisfied with uh, with really any of them. Um, I mean, feel free to study through the commentaries on your own and try to understand this episode on your own, of course. But after working through it a few times, or many times, I think I came to an understanding that makes a lot of sense and has a lot of meaning to me. So I'm going to teach these next 11 verses using my own understanding, and I hope you like it. If not, uh, I'd be more than happy to hear your comments. Uh, and, and you're, of course, welcome to interpret these verses however you would like. So here we have an episode. We have the prophet speaking, Yermio, and I'm reading verse 1 in chapter 13. Ko amar Adonai Eli, so God said to me. God gave me an instruction and told me to do the following. Go and purchase for yourself a belt of made of linen. Azor is often translated as a loincloth. Um, I which gives you the, the idea immediately in the modern mind of a of an undergarment. Um, uh, worn that covers a person's uh, private area. However, we know that in the times of the Bible, in the times of Jeremiah, in general, people did not wear undergarments like that. People did wear a robe. And as we know from the commandments that were given to the um, priests in the temple, the belt that they wore was meant to divide between their hearts and their genitalia. To, and also the belts were a place where they would strap their, their um, uh, not, not necessarily the priests, but in general, the, um, their weapons. Uh, so a belt was a sign of strength. One of the reasons why this chapter is so hard to understand is because I think that often it is mistranslated. I think Azor Pishtim, which is often translated as a loincloth, is completely wrong. And Azor Pishtim is referring to a belt of flax. 
the reason why this Azor Pishtim is important. I would like to reference the word Azor, which in the Hebrew letters Aleph, Zion, Resh, um, is the root of the word Azor, is virtually always meant to designate girding oneself for in a in a in a in an atmosphere of strength in a to to convey I'm tightening up my belt and getting ready to fight or I'm I'm strong. I just give some examples. Um, we see in Isaiah chapter five. Verse 27, he's talking about the strength of the Assyrian army that were coming to attack uh, uh, the people of Israel. He doesn't sleep, he doesn't rest, he's strong. He doesn't even open his belt, his belt is tight and strong. Azor, the same word. We see it in another example in Ezekiel uh, 23, verse 15 where we see, again, a description of the Chaldeans, the power of the army, and he says, uh, They are belted with, they are girded with belts around their, around their waists. Uh, and he describes how powerful the, the army is. We also see it um, uh, in Samuel, um, in the book of Samuel um, 1, the Shmuel Aleph, uh, uh, this chapter two, verse four, we see where he's describing the the um, where, where the prayers of uh, of Hannah, who is um, talking about the greatness of God. He says, "Keshet giborim chatim," that in front of God, the bows of the mighty ones are broken. V'nichshalim azeru chayil, and those that are faltering become girded with strength when they have faith in God. And we see this repeatedly. This I gave several examples, but over and over and over again, Azor is a symbol of strength. This is extremely important, I believe, to understanding what Yermio 13 with this chapter is talking about. Knizalach Azor Pishtim means go get yourself a flax. It, it was deliberately chosen to be flax because flax is something that if it's a natural fiber, if you leave it alone and you don't take care of it, it will rot. But if you take care of it, it can be a, a, a symbol of strength, of power. So I want you to put it around your waist and people will look at you. They'll see the belt around your waist. So you see this belt? This belt is a symbol of strength. However, God says, Do not wash it. Let it get dirty. Let it rot. Washing it would take out the mold and the rot and the dirt and the grease and whatever grime would 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 um, come to this belt. And by not washing it, God is telling him specifically, don't take care of it. And we'll see what the importance of this metaphor is shortly. This is verse 2. And I went ahead and I purchased for myself a belt just like God told me to. And I placed it around my waist. Again, I'm going to emphasize that the translation of Azar as a loincloth, I do believe is, is completely incorrect. Um, although um, many of the translators do translate it that way, and I'm going to be translating it as a belt. Now I'm walking around with this belt, I'm allowing it to get dirty, and I'm not taking care of it, and God then tells me another time as follows, and he says as follows, Go ahead and take that belt, the one that you purchased, the one which is right now upon your waist.
Vekum and get up and lech pirata. Go to pirat. I'm going to tell you in a moment where this place pirat is. And I want you to put it in a crack or in a cleft in the side of a cliff or inside of a rock that is in pirat. Many translators translate pirat in as the Euphrates River because we know from other places in the Torah that the Nahar Pirat, the river Pirat, is the river Euphrates. However, it is extremely difficult to imagine that Jeremiah was asked to walk from where he lived on Atot, which is near Jerusalem, to the Euphrates River, which have been an exceedingly long and arduous journey, not an impossible one, but a highly unlikely one. Much, much, much more likely and uh, is, and, and there's, there's commentaries, there's volumes written on why Jeremiah was asked to take such a long and arduous journey to such a faraway place. However, it's much simpler and almost, almost certainly Pirat here does not mean the river Euphrates, but it means the Nachal, the Wadi Pirat, which is nowadays uh, called in Arabic Wadi Kelt, which is in Judea, which is right near Jerusalem, even walking distance within a, less than a day's time. And it would have been an ordinary place for God to ask uh, Jeremiah to go. Those have, that have been to Israel and have been to that area, these beautiful hikes um, that one can go on in the Wadi Kelt area, which is in Hebrew known as the Nachal Pirat. And uh, uh, there's pools of, of, of natural pools of spring water and a, and a running stream in the desert, there's beautiful um, archaeological um, sites there. So that is the Nahal Pirat. So almost certainly this does not refer to the Euphrates, but it refers to what we would call today in Arabic Wadi Kelt or in Hebrew Nahal Pirat. So God tells him to go there. And I want you to hide it there in the cleft of a rock. Um, if you've been to the area, there's cliffs. Um, just put it away aside in a place where we'll just sit and do nothing. So then, I went at Meneu Bifrat, and I went and I hid it, and in the in the Pirat uh, uh, area, Kasher just like God had commanded me. And then it was after a long period of time. I don't know exactly what long means, but long enough for the um, for the belt that was already full of grime and mold, deliberately so, um, to rot and, and, and turn into useless nothing. And God said to me, Now get up and go back to Pirat. And take from there the belt that I commanded you to bury it there. Or to tamno, uh, doesn't necessarily, could mean bury, but to hide there or to... Um, to uh, tuck away there. pirata. This is verse seven. So I go went ahead. Says the prophet. I went to Pirat and I dug a little because there was some dirt on it. And then I took out the belt from the place I shared to Mantiv Shama, the place where I had hidden it. and behold, what did I see? Nishchat It had become destroyed. It had rotted away. It was completely useless as a belt. So now the metaphor is going to start to come to obvious, it's going to be obvious what God is trying to teach here. That belt was a strength. Remember what the belt means. 
The belt means, but what did he do? He ignored it. He didn't take care of it. He allowed it to get dirty. He let it just go along its own way. He buried it in the ground. He just left it there to rot. He didn't do anything active to destroy it. He just left it alone and didn't nurture it, didn't wash it, didn't take care of it, didn't clean it, didn't put it away in the proper place, in the proper way. And then what did it do? It rotted and turned into nothing. And therefore, what God is, is, is about to tell us is that this is a metaphor for the people of Israel. They were once great. They were once incredibly close to God. They were given the Torah at Sinai. They came and they conquered the land of Israel and they, and they built the temple and they were once high and holy and great and, and full of justifiable pride. But if they allow themselves to go, and I'm going to use this term, which we'll see in two verses, meaning in just the pathways of their heart, just allowed their hearts to flow and just do whatever they want without doing anything to maintain the greatness that they had. It takes work to maintain it. What Jeremiah is about to teach us and what God is about to teach us through his prophet is the idea that you can't just let things stay stagnant. It either goes up or it goes down. If you leave it alone, it will rot. If you take care of it, then it will get better and better and be a source of strength. And let's read it in, in God's own words now. From verse 8, And these were the words of God to me. This is what God says. And this is what you should tell the people. In the same way that the, that the once proud belt was destroyed and rotten, in the same way I shall destroy and will become rotten at Gaon Yehuda, the greatness and the pride of the people of Judah, the at Gaon Yerushalayim, and the greatness and pride of the capital of Judah, Jerusalem, Harav, which is so great, and now that pride is so high. This is what's going to happen to it. This nation that is now bad. Hame'anim, they refuse lishma'a at the varai, they refuse to listen to my words. What he's saying is here, it's not, it, God is not, at this point, not criticizing their active evil. He's criticizing their refusal to do what it is that I'm telling them. Their passive evil, their passive decision to do nothing, and rather, ha'olchim bishri rut libam. They decided to just go along with the ways of their heart, however they decided to go. And what did that do? Where did that lead them? Inevitably, when you don't work and you don't listen and you don't do what you're supposed to, inevitably you end up just fall, falling, falling farther down into the wrong direction. And they went after other gods, to worship them, and to bow down to them, because that's so much easier. All I need to do is bring a sacrifice and bow. These idols don't make any moral demands of me. They don't demand honesty. They don't demand hard work. They don't demand being a charitable towards my neighbors. All they need is me to bow to them. And it will be exactly like this belt, which is useless. It's useless for nothing. The point of having the greatness that the Jewish people had was in order to teach the world that what we need is more than just ritual and sacrifice to some idol that's meaningless but to teach the world that there's a God who demands of us moral behavior, God demands of us ethical behavior, God demands of us to be better people. He wants us to work. If you're not going to do that, then you're just going to rot away and be useless, just like the belt. The belt is only good when you take care of it. This is verse 11. Just like that Azar attaches itself, El Masneha Ish, 
to the to the waist of a man when you when when he attaches the belt and he locks it into position and tight around his waist that's the sign of strength that's the same way that i was with the jewish people back then kain hid vakti elai the same way the jewish people attached themselves to me al kobet israel to the entire house of israel even the northern kingdom before they were destroyed we had kobet yudah and all the people of judah and omadonai so says god that's how it was what were they lihot lilam they were for me like a nation lishul shame with a great reputation ulatehila and for praise everyone understood that that was a wonderful wonderful people and nation ulatiferet and for glory Right, that's what they were. Just like that, that that belt was a belt of strength when it was wrapped around and tied around my, my waist, a person's waist. The same way the people were a sign of strength and greatness and glory and pride. However, they did not listen. They did not do what they needed to do to maintain that. And therefore they rotted away. Just like the belt rotted away. Thank you so much for studying chapter 13a together. Looking forward to studying uh, the rest of chapter 13 with you.